Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat. And with me, he's about to do it. Let's do it, do it! Cracking the beer. There can only be one that cracks a beer on this show because I can no longer drink. That's right, I am a born-again pussy. Let's say hi to Ian Wadley! Hello. Ian, I understand uh, you've had quite a week there. I heard, uh, uh, let's hear it from your mouth because the rumblings in the press and TMZ is that you got in a little trouble this week? Yes, yes, yes. I ended up going to jail. What? On, yeah, well, yeah, I, the, the cops took me in on Easter. Oh, boy. I, I was having a pretty good Easter, and I live above a bar. I live above one of the greatest bars in New Orleans, Chop 45, plug, plug. Uh, so, you know, after a good Easter dinner, I'm like, I'm going to go down and have a few drinks. And uh, I'm feeling no fucking pain. And I see these, like, fucking, you know, people come in in, like, khaki pants, little Izog shirts. Look like they just came from a Jimmy Buffett fucking show. And, uh, man, they go right to the fucking jukebox. That's when I knew I fucking should have left. And they're just playing some horrible, like, Dave Matthews shit, you know, and, you know, Jimmy Buffett direct like that. And then they start screaming because another one of their songs comes on, which was fucking Van Hagar. Oh, boy. And it was fucking Cabo Wabo. Oh, no. Yeah, OU812. You notice, like I said, oh, no, like in shock, like, like if all their songs didn't suck. Right. Oh, my God. So And they're sitting there. They're so annoying. And, and, and they're singing it, you know, and, and smiling. And I, I'm trying to contain myself, but it's a long song. And, dude, about halfway through, I just fucking lose it. I grab my fucking rolling rock. I break that motherfucker in half on the bar. And I grab this fucker in his khakis, and I just fucking shake his fucking ass with the goddamn broken beer bottle. That's awesome. Well, I realized I probably went a step too far. So I was like, oh, shit. They're like, Ian, get the fuck out of here. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go upstairs, uh, you know, I try to, you know, sleep it off, play it off. Cops show up at my fucking house, take me downtown, keep me in a holding cell for a while. Then they finally drag me into a room. I'm like, fuck, I'm so fucked, I'm so fucked, I'm so fucked. They drop, it's almost like in the movies, they drop a folder, and then here's all these pictures. They got a picture of A.J. Pirro. What? They got, yes, they got a picture of uh, the bass player from Free. They got a picture of Bob Burns from Leonard Skinner. All these fucking famous people who have died lately. They got a picture of Larry Lujak, the, the DJ from Chicago, who just died the other day. Was the late great and awesome drummer, we forgot to mention Bruce Crump in there as well? Yes, from Molly Hatchet. I love Bruce Crump. What a shame he's gone. He's we forgot there, to uh, mention him the other day because you... I'm sorry, we're going to get right back to your story. Don't mean right. to cut you off because I know it's very important. 
But we were giving homage to AJ Perry, and we mentioned a couple people. I was about to say, you cut me off, I lost my train of thought. But I meant to mention Bruce Crump from Molly Hatchet. I'm a huge fan, of the, especially the first three albums that he was part of. What a what a loss. And God, he, so he was in that book, huh? So they start laying out all these fucking dead celebrities. And I'm like, what in the fuck does this have to do with me? Because I'm like, whoo, I'm thinking I'm in trouble for stabbing a fucking couple of fucking, uh, you know, Loverboy fans. Turns out, the next picture they throw down is none other than our favorite egghead. What? You mean... Yes. Terrence? They said, tell us what you know, or we will bury you under the jail. Oh my god. Terrence Reardon? Yes. They said... That they were they were looking at emails and Facebook posts and everything. Apparently, all these people who were dead were people who Terrence wanted to do a review of their album, and they please begged him not to. Oh, and he wished heart attacks on them. Oh my God! And cancer. What? And all kinds of shit. And they're thinking like, you know. They're like, this dude is some carry motherfucker, you know, who just, you know, is going to fucking kill everybody at the prom and anybody who, you know, doesn't want their records reviewed on the Terrence Reardon experience. And they're like, tell us what you know, because they're like, we heard your buddies with him now. And I was like, hey, I'm too fucking pretty to go to fucking jail. I'll tell you whatever you need to know, you know. See, so, see, Ian, I told you stop acting like you were his friend. Because you and I both know you hate the guy, but you were telling me behind his back, hey, I'm just saying this, you know, to mess with him. And he's, you know, and he was like, oh, Ian's my buddy. And the whole time, look, look, it backfired on you. I told you, you should have been yourself and hate him like you, you, you really do. I was scared for my life, man. Uh, man. I was scared. But you hate him. But what I'm even more scared of than fucking Terrence's fucking heart carry, you know, uh, heart attacks is sodomy. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I, 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 I... I see you there. Oh, I fucking rolled over on his ass. So right now, they're looking for Terrence. Apparently, he's in hiding. Right. They, tried to, they tried to look for him at his job, and then they figured out he doesn't even have a fucking job. <laughs> now I find out they're trying to tie him to the fucking Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, I mean, all, all he, lives, of, he lives there, don't he? Yeah. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. You know, uh, Terrence, I'm, I'm sorry to break your heart, man, but I was just being cool because I didn't want to fucking die. But you know what? I don't want to get it rammed up the poop shoot either. So I gave your fucking ass up. But they released me out of the clink, and I'm here now to do the episode. Thank, thank God. Thank awesome. God you're out, and I'm glad, man. I mean, what better way to get out of jail than to rat that guy out? Oh, yeah. I gave that motherfucker up. You know, you know, if there was a picture of the Boston Marathon bombing, they should, they should get a picture of it with the bomb going off and, and make it a meme where it just says, the Terrence Reardon experience. Oh, they have pictures from the Boston Marathon bombing of the actual person who did it, and the only reason they haven't arrested him already is because he had, like, a bucket over his head because he just dumped water over his fucking head. But you still see the khaki shorts pulled up to the nipples and what, what looks appears to be the top of a Boston Red Sox shirt. That, to me, sounds like it, it just might be Terrence. That might hold up a Because court. he does wear stuff up to his nipples and white, white Sox shirts. 
did. And, and he did the ice bucket challenge not too long ago. Coincidence? Right. I think not. So what do we got in the news? All right, in the news, let's talk about... Let's go from one bitter motherfucker who got fired to another bitter motherfucker who got fired. And that is fucking Sammy Hagar. Yeah, that idiot. Yeah, I see oh. what he's Oh, my God. He came out, you know, slamming the live album. And it was so funny. You you hear the the uh, the reviewer talk about the interview. At, uh, the interviewer, I'm sorry. Um and he says, like, he wasn't even bringing it up. You know, it was Sammy, like, forced, he had to talk about it. And it's so funny that Sammy now has to put out his live album. And he, he's dogging the Van Halen album. He's like, dude, get over it. You lost your fucking job. Your, your little bitch boy, Mike Anthony, I wish he was in Van Halen, but he's not. You know, he's out of a job, too. And they just put out this live album. And, you know, he's, da- he's dogging Dave so hard. And I was like, you know what? They, they put a clip up. And I was like, I am going to hurt myself for the betterment of this show. So I went and listened to these clips. Because I keep hearing, as much as I love Eddie Trunk, he sucks fucking Sammy's dick, you know, like your mom on Payday Friday. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, a lot like, of, that's a lot of dick sucking. Yeah. Oh, he's like, oh, Sammy Hagar, oh, hasn't lost a step. Oh. Yeah, my, my mom does two at a time. That's right. Fucking Eddie Trunk. God damn. But, uh, but yeah, he's always all about fucking uh, Sammy Hagar. Oh, he hasn't lost a step. You know, and, you know, Dave's 60, Sammy's 67. I was like, okay, let me hear this shit. Let me hear how great this guy fucking is who fucking, who's slamming Dave. Was he ever great, though? Well, you know, you know hey, I don't like Sammy. I'm not going to say the guy can't sing. I'm not saying he's. I will. No, no, look, look, no, no, I'll say it, man. No. Uh, yeah, he can sing, but he's got an irritating voice that I can handle Dave's voice much better. No, 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 I, I agree with that. But I'm not saying the guy can't hold a tune because he can't. I just hate what he sings. I think it's horrible, fluff, terrible. It's lame. Yep. It's not. It's it's not cool. It's about the most uncool shit I've ever heard. When but his anyway. voice when his voice was almost developed, that's when he was good. The first Montrose album, kicks but ass. That's it. I, I, I listened to two songs. And it was two Van Hagar songs, and it killed me. I finally had to shut it off halfway through Pound Cake. But I listened to all of When It's Love and Pound Cake. This motherfucker is not singing in the same register. His shit's way fucking lower. And, you know, oh, really? really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, mean, I mean, I know it I know it sucks to listen to it, but go on blabber about it. There's only, like, listen to those two songs there and tell me that he sounds the same as he did when those horrible albums came out. I'd probably like it more. But yet he's throwing all these stones, and I think that's hilarious. And what I love is Frank Hannon from Tesla came out today in defense of the fucking record. He's like, fuck, he's like, this record sounds great. He's like, he's like, the band sounds great. He goes, Dave is so much fucking fun. And that's what I love about this live album that I can't stop listening to. If you listen to this live album from start to finish, it is so much fucking fun. You feel like you're there. I mean, you get it. It's an event. Wow. You know, and, and what Frank Hannon said, he says, you know, you want perfect fucking vocals, you know, listen to a One Direction CD. If you want to listen to a goddamn rock and roll album, check out this fucking Van Halen live album. And I could not agree 100% more. Fucking awesome, Frank Hannon. I'm last glad you week, stood up. Last week, you told me to give it another chance because the first time I listened to it, like, I, you know, I, I came out and said, I hate Dave's voice on the new live album. 
I said it when I started listening to it, but as the album goes on, he did get a little better. Well, I took your advice, and on my walk yesterday, I listened to the album in its entirety. And let me tell you, you're right. I don't think he's, like, amazing, but it's, it, there's a vibe to his voice. He doesn't sound that bad, as I thought he did, as he usually does uh, lately. Um, he talks his way through a couple of songs like Running With The Devil, but whatever. Uh, it, it was a pleasant live album. Listening to it again, I thought, you know, it's not that bad. But I want to bring up something that I forgot to bring up last week. For It's a public service announcement for anybody out there that's wanting to buy the brand new box set that brings the live album oh, and, yes. and the first album in 1984, 180 gram. I'm doing this for a lot of people out there. I ordered it. I got it. I'm warning you. Do not buy this. It, I got gypped. Both in 1984 and the first Van Halen album came without inner sleeves. That's right. The album was in there alone with nothing. And the live album only came in inner sleeves, meaning there's no cover to the live album. So my suggestion is to go out there and buy them separately, which I'm going to have to do again. I'm re- I feel so shit. Use our Amazon link. I will, where I actually okay. bought that box set on VanHalen.com because it wasn't available on Amazon. Probably is now, but do not buy it. And if you do buy it just to have it, then do it through the Amazon link. And then buy like me because I'm going to go back and I'm going to buy 84 and and Van Halen won. Oh, that's another thing I want to mention. The actual covers to Van Halen 1 and 84 in the box set are flimsy that they don't even have. What do they call that? That that the 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 next what do they call it? The spine. The spine. It doesn't spine. even have a spine. It's All that right. thin. It's so thin it doesn't even have a fucking spine. It's a total chip. I feel so ripped off. I'm gonna go buy it again. But, but let me let, let me ask you this: How how do they sound? I I was so disgusted. I I haven't even put it on yet. Oh no shit! Okay. Yeah, I was so disturbed by it. Uh, I'll let you know when they sound when I buy it properly because I was afraid to put on one of those albums and hear a scratch or a skip or anything because right. there's no sleeve protecting them. Right. Anyway, enough of that. What else is in the news? I know we got some more stuff. Oh my god! Well, another one we got to talk about. Oh, I was so excited Monday, and then I was so fucking let down. Apparently, after our in our incredible subhuman race review episode that everybody loved so much, Skid Row came to their senses and fired Johnny Salinger, singer, singer, whatever the fuck. Salinger, which I actually like him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he owes me money, so I'm not a fan, uh, and he's not no Sebastian Bach. Uh, and I was so excited it was announced that, that they were he first announced he beat them to the punch he went out on Facebook and said he quit he's going solo and then uh, it was announced that Rachel and uh, Snake were going to go on Eddie Trunk and they were going to announce the new lead singer and man I fell for it hook, line, and sinker I was like Oh, fuck yeah, they're going to announce Sebastian is back. This is going to be awesome. Finally, they've come to their fucking senses. I even, I don't have serious radio. I fucking went online and downloaded like a free month trial just so I could listen to Eddie Drunk Live and, and, and hear the announcement that Sebastian was back. And, uh, you know, I was scared, but I was optimistic. You know, I was, uh, you know, a beer half full kind of guy. 
And no, they fucking let me down. They're getting fucking uh, Tony Hormel chili from fucking uh, TNT. And uh, they're not getting Sebastian. And I expect about the same results. What uh, do you think? Well, I, if it was up to me, I would have Sebastian Bach back. He is the voice of Skid Row. He is the front man. I didn't mind Johnny Sollinger. I liked a few tracks off of uh, Thick Skin. I hated Revolution by Numbers, whatever that was, whatever it was called. That was horrible. But the last two EPs, I really like, and I actually listened to them today on my walk. I really like that, uh, whatever the hell it's called. It's a real long uh, title. World Domination, some bullshit. They're really good. Well, I understand now they're working on the third one. Because they're yes. EPs. And they're going to yes. have Tony Arnell. And you know what? I am a fan of Tony Arnell. I, I'm a fan of uh, the first TNT albums, uh, Night of the New Thunder and Tell No Tales, are both great, great albums. He had another project where I only had the first uh, album from them called Westworld. And I think Tony Arnell is an amazing singer. Really great singer. And um, yeah, have you seen that footage of him doing more than a feeling? You know what? I, I watched it right before we, re- we recorded this, and I was like, eh. What? The guy hits the Brad Delp, Brad Delp notes. Nobody hits Brad Delp notes but fucking Brad Delp. And he that did. motherfucker he did. And that motherfucker don't hit shit because he did. He did. In that video yeah. clip, he did. He hit those notes. Tony Arnell is awesome, and I am very much looking forward to what they're going to do with him. Look, let's face it, man. There's no way they're going to take Sebastian Bach back. Uh, what, did he, what did he do? I mean, is he is he that bad? Yeah. Jesus Christ. He's got to be. He's yeah, got to he be. He has to be. He's got to be. He has to be a handful world. because you know they threw a lot of money on the table for them to reunite with him, and they said no. And uh, Scott Ian said it best in one. I think it was the roast for Dee Snyder. He said to Sebastian Bach, he goes, yeah, Sebastian Bach, I heard uh, in a recent interview you saying that Skid Row doesn't want to take you back because they hate money. No, that's not true. It's not that they hate money. It's that they hate you. And uh, that's how it seems like. I mean, they just don't want him back because he's a handful. And, um, like, I don't know if our listeners know about this, but I think I brought this up on the Subhuman Race but, you know, in case uh, some of you don't like that album, didn't listen. I brought this up during it, I think. The reason that he's no longer in Skid Row yeah. is... Yeah, he, he threatened to be... Yeah. He threatened to kick Rachel's ass because Rachel refused to open for Kiss. But um, you know what? He should have beat Rachel's ass for refusing to do that. What fucking asshole is going to turn down the fucking Kiss reunion tour in 96? Fuck you, Rachel. You're right. You know? No, no, I, I agree with you, but, I mean... Sebastian threatened to kick his ass, and I guess... And I'm sure there's more involved. I'm sure there's more oh, stuff. Somebody fucks somebody's old lady. And, this and, is, and, and let, yeah. let me remind you, Sebastian Bach, like, all through his solo career till recent, was really, like, bashing Skid Row, saying he would never go back to them, and this and that. And then just in, like, the past few years, he said, oh, I'll do it, you know, because, uh, you know, I'll do it for the fans, which I don't think that's the case. I think it's because... His albums ain't actually like you know, but I I I tell you what, man, that, that uh the album kicking and screaming, yeah, and Angel uh, Down, I like oh, okay. I liked I even liked that last one. I I tell you what, that the song kicking and screaming, 
I, I put up I put against anything he ever did with fucking uh, Skid Row. And, I think that song is amazing. And that last album was good, man. What was it called? Give him hell or something? Yeah. Yep. I think Sebastian Bach solo career has been really good. It just hasn't been. You know, I mean, he's even complained. Fuck, I have a million people on my Facebook and I don't sell hardly any CDs. What the, what the fuck? No, that's because I downloaded it. Yeah, it's a, it's a different time. But, you know, um, that's just the reality of it. Sebastian Bach, I, look, I met Sebastian Bach, but as a fan, meeting me, you know, of course he's going to act differently than he does beyond the scenes. And when I met Sebastian Bach, the guy couldn't have been any cooler than he was to me. We, got, we talked about... Uh, Judas Priest a lot and I was wearing a Shout of the Devil shirt we were just talking metal and he was super he is super he is a cool. he is a fan yeah. and I love that about him man I mean he loves Kiss he loves pre- I mean he is so passionate about yeah. metal and I love that and he seems like a guy that probably has coke and I like that mm. you know just me I also wanna you know I wanna like in case you know, people out there that aren't into Sebastian Bach. I highly recommend you go on YouTube and type in Sebastian Bach Children of the Damned, the Iron Maiden cover he did. Ooh, I haven't heard that. Oh my god, you gotta hear this shit. It's on a Maiden tribute album. Which Actually, one? I, I've got a couple that I haven't even listened to. I, I own it. I think it's called Something Slaves. It shows kind of like an Egyptian, like a brownish Egyptian cover. Anyway, he does Children of the Damned. He also has a CD called Bach to Basics that I don't even think was... I ha- I have it and I've never listened to it. It's on there. Oh, okay, okay. Shit, it, because I'm that's, that that's only cover songs. He also does Save Your Love by Kiss. He does um, uh, Rock Bottom. He does Shock Me. It's not all Kiss covers. Uh, uh, I know he does a pre-song. I can't remember which one. But he does a lot of cool uh, shit. Uh, Rod Stewart, Tonight's the Night. Nice. Uh, it's you know he does he does some good covers, but to me the greatest cover he ever did was Children of the Dam. I mean, he fucking nails it. And for those really hardcore Skid Row fans, you are well aware that in their own video, uh, the first one, Oh Say Can You Scream, there's a little clip, a 10 second clip of Soundcheck where he was singing Children of the Dam. But uh, I guess that's probably why they told him to record it again. I highly recommend that. It's great. And I recommend Angel Down. That's a great album. Uh, I like all three of them. Uh, all right. Well, more news. There's even more fucking shit this week. How about fucking Megadeth? A lot of people wondering if the fucking Rust of Peace lineup was going to get back together. And no, kids, it's not. Well, here's the thing. All right. I would like the Rust in Peace on, uh, lineup to get back together, but you know what people don't seem to understand? I mean, they they, they hold this Rust in Peace lineup in such high regard, but you all seem to forget, like, after Rust in Peace, they kind of, like, didn't really repeat Rust in Peace. You know what I mean? Right. Countdown was okay. Euthanasia, okay. Cryptic Rider, okay. Risk was gone. No, no, Cryptic Riding was not okay. I thought it was okay. You did. Oh, that shit's horrible. But none of them was as good as Rust in Peace. And need I remind you, Rust no. in Peace was written before Marty came in. Yeah, and, and, and you know whose fault it was? It's Dave Mustaine's fault. It's well, nobody else's fault. Okay, you know? all right, but that's fine. But here's my point. My favorite lineup of Megadeth was the first one, where you had Killing My Business, my second favorite Megadeth album. And then 
Peace Sells, which is my first. They, they even got better on the second one. So, you know, it's not like Rust and Peace where they got worse. They got better. And then they just, because of drugs, it just died. But don't get me wrong. Rust and Peace would be my third favorite. I love Rust and Peace. Fucking great. Tornado Souls. Oh, that's my jam. <laughs> and Paralysis. And God, I, I'm choking here. Put your, song. put your hands up. Put your hands up. There you go. Um, All right. Polaris. Yes. Another one of my favorite songs. And of course, Holy Wars. Not that big on uh, Hangar 18. I love Dawn the, Patrol. I love Dawn Patrol. Yeah, Dawn Patrol. Fucking uh, Lucretia, Five Magic. Whole album's good. The only one I can do without is uh, Hangar 18 till the end. I like the dueling solos him and Marty do. But as, as far as the song, that's the one song I can do without. I like it better than Return of the Hangar. I like I like Return of the Hangar actually. What? Yeah, I did. Are you serrious? I'm dead serious. Yeah, the and fuck. I and I hated that album. Oh, that's a hero. Album. Oh, that's Ooh, a horrible album. I like the song a, th- a thousand times goodbye. That's but, that's almost forgivable, but the rest is fucking terrible. But I also want to bring up Nick Menza coming out saying, uh, "Oh, they offered him a deal that wasn't good enough." Now. Like a Bill Ward situation. I'm <clears throat> not saying Nick Menza's lying. Probably he's telling 100% truth, but there's this clip that they put up of him playing with Megadeth where they don't show him, but it is him. Right. Uh, he actually admitted it wasn't his. Man, he sounded so rusty. He was doing Polaris, and it just didn't sound like the old Nick Menza. It sounded rusty. It didn't sound up to par. Uh, rust in peace. Now, now, one thing I will say is, yes, this is probably recorded on a fucking iPhone and stuff like that, but it did sound a little bit slower, a little bit, you, you know, and it's, it's hard, and that's like judging, like you see concert footage on Blabbermouth you're where right, somebody's holding right. up their camera phone. You're right. So, I I won't say, it. I, I know where you're going, and I kind of thought the same thing when I heard it, but then I'm thinking back, like... Well, I mean, I mean, this this shit ain't no HD shit, you know. And I wasn't right there in the room. You're correct, but I kind of think it could have been the same issue as when he was supposed to do it before, when Sean Drover um, ended up getting the gig, and uh, you know, and later Dave was like, you know what, Nick really didn't sound that great, and I think the only reason uh, he was even trying to get this lineup back together. Is he's grasping at straws. He's trying to sell some fucking records, and he knows that's something that'll attract attention. And I'll tell you, I'd rather have Nick Mensa back than Marty Freeman. Fuck Marty Freeman. Marty, Marty Freeman was responsible for Risk. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, and he doesn't want to play metal. He likes Japanese pop shit and everything. You know, it's he, he is by far, I, I shouldn't say by far, but he's not my favorite Megadeth guitarist. To me, it's always going to be Chris Poland. Yeah. I'd rather... I, I was hoping for Nick Menza and Chris Poland. Yeah. That would have been... I was hoping for Chris Poland. I don't give a fuck who the drummer is. Chris yeah. Poland, I wanted back in the band. I, I, I mean, even though, like, today Chris Poland looks like a fucking, you, you know, uh, you, you know, the guy waiting on you at fucking... Yeah, but uh, did he ever look Turbo like a rock... Did he ever look like a rock star? Even uh, yeah, the he looked Megadeth a little bit days. better than he looks now. No, in the Megadeth I mean, days, he had this little mullet. He wasn't really looking yeah. apart either. But he's yeah. fucking... I saw Chris Poland. Well, I saw Megadeth with Chris Poland, but I saw him. He had a band called um, uh, "Damn the Machines," and they opened for Flotsam and Jetsam. Holy, I mean that album, that band's weird, but they were so good. And I own that Metropolis 
Uh, is that good? I've never heard that one. Well, it's an instrumental. Right, right, but I mean, I mean it's how great. is it? It's great. He's a fucking, he's a fucking amazing guitar player, and by far my favorite that's been in Megadeth. That yeah, he should be the guy back in Megadeth. For me, that I'm more interested in Chris Paul than Nick Menza. You know what? And I, I don't know. You know, I would almost like to hear um, fucking uh, Mustaine play lead and get another rhythm guitar player. I love I love Mustaine's lead. I feel like he's very underrated because he always gets these amazing guitar players. Oh, but oh, I I, I, th- I think out of the big four, by far Mustaine is the best guitar player. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into our review, and this time we're doing a monster. This is our first episode where we review a double album. Am I correct? Correct. And, you know, it's the Beatles' White Album. Yes. By the way, we are on thatmetalstation.com, and we're going to talk about the Beatles. Because... Goddamn right. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Thank you very much. And uh, those that don't like the Beatles, then, you know, it would be our honor... If you don't listen. But you're going to miss out because even if you don't like the Beatles, Ian's drunk and he's funny. That's right. So, okay, like always, we always discuss how we discovered the band. Now, me, it's really unusual. I discovered the Beatles was my very first memory in my life was the Beatles. My very first memory, maybe that I can recall. I must have been like three years old. Looking up at a transistor radio on my cousin's windowsill that was playing either it was, um, if I was to bet, it was a hard day's night. But if it wasn't, it was help. One of the two. That's my first memory in life. Uh, I was born on February 9th. Uh, The Beatles played Ed Sullivan on my birthday, February 9th, on the same day. Um, And I've always been, like, growing up, I gotta admit, like, you know, when I first started getting into music, the Beatles wasn't one of the uh, music that I went out and bought, but I was aware of them, and all those little hits that they had that I grew up with before I got into the Beatles, I liked all those songs. I liked Hey Jude, and Yesterday, and what else is there? Um, You know, the big hits, that you know, Our Day's Night Help, um, all those songs I loved. And then, what made me go by the Beatles, oddly enough was uh, I Am The Walrus, that song. I was like, oh, man, I like that. So I ended up, my very first Beatles album was that Blue album, you know, where they're looking down. Yeah, the second, greatest hits. Yeah, it's the second greatest hits. And hearing that, got that's when I became a full-blown Beatles fan. And that was in 1980. And I was like, really, I was going through a Beatle phase when John Lennon got killed, like at that time. And just to touch on that, when John Lennon died, I woke up in the morning. My dad was taking me to school, and we heard it on the radio. And they said, you know, John Lennon and the Beatles was murdered last night, blah, blah, blah. And uh, this is a dedicated John Lennon. And they played Hey Jude. True story. South Florida radio. What can you do? Anyway, so that's my Beatles thing. It's a long album. we got a lot to talk about. So, Ian, give us a quick synopsis. Of your Beatles uh, introductions. Yeah, I guess I gotta do it quick because you took too fucking long. Uh, I don't know any time without the Beatles, man. I was born in 1974. Beatles have been there since... Yeah, the Beatles broke up before I was fucking born, for Christ's sake. 
But uh, I always heard the Beatles. My mother loved the Beatles. My father loved the Beatles. Everybody loves the goddamn Beatles, except for people I don't fucking trust. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's fucking amazing. They are, they are the greatest band of all time. You know, I always say, like, like the Stones are the greatest rock and roll band, but, I mean, overall band, all music, it's the fucking Beatles. And right now, there's some fucking, you know, kid in his grandma's basement in Sweden, he's wearing corpse paint, and his name's, like, Viggy Boggy Shviggy Shroggy, and he's gonna, like, burn a church down, he's like, oh, you hate the Beatles. Bitch, there'll be no blast beat without the fucking Beatles. I don't know how, but there'll be nothing <laughs> without Ringo, the Beatles. Ringo, Ringo invested... Hey, wait, wait a it, second, wait a second. Ringo okay. was a huge influence on Charlie Benante, where a lot of people say the first blast beat was Milk on the SOD album. So hey, there you go, people. You got a point there. You there. Go. And he's a huge Beatles, dude. Charlie's such a huge Beatles fan. When I saw him on the ship, he had a tattoo of a blue meanie. No shit. Yes, that's hot. That's hot. True story. No man, fucking Beatles, fucking rule. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is probably the fourth. Beatles album I got when I got into the Beatles, not just listening to my, you know, my mother's records, you know, or my father's records, uh, you know, when I just, when I thought I discovered them on my own, even though they, they're in my fucking DNA, uh, by the way, I love this fucking album, and, uh, we're under time constraints, so we're also gonna take it in the first song off this amazing album, that is Back in the USSR. Back in the USSR. That song, um, I don't know if they're mocking the Beach Boys. It's kind of like a weird tune because it's kind of like a Beach Boys song, kind of like uh, California Girls, their version of California Girls, but they're talking about Moscow chicks, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the Beatles were ever in Russia by that time. Uh, I don't think so. This, yeah, this, song, yeah. this song is a, a kind of a parody, but it's actually a parody of a Chuck... Barry's song called Back in the USSA or oh. back, I'm sorry I'm sorry Back in the USA uh, but uh, and I do get the Beach Boys part because when they wrote this they, were, they, they took that trip to India with uh, the Maharishi oh yeah and Mike Mike Love from the Beach Boys was there most of this album was written on that trip uh, but Mike Love from the Beach Boys uh, told Lennon and Harrison how he wanted them to do Beach Boys, Beach Boys type vocals on the song, so he kind of helped it, even though he's not on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a fun rocker. It's not my favorite. Billy Joel did a badass cover of it. Billy Joel, another person you probably never hear in this podcast in Russia. Yeah, in Russia, in Russia. But uh, I, I love Back in the USSR. Me too. You I know? actually do love the song. I dig it. Yeah, this album has so much information that I wouldn't put it up there as a top five from this album, but it's a fun tune. It's it's, And you know, right before we started this podcast, I mean, of course, I did my research and listened to uh, the White Album, but I also, I own the box set, the anthology DVD box set, because it's not on Blu-ray yet. Oh, I love that. I, I have it too. And I watched the white album section to get like you know oh nice to get reacquainted I, 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 with uh, I think that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow morning I think I, that's how I'm gonna spend my morning that I'm, I'm anthology the to me is the greatest rock documentary ever made if you amazing amazing the greatest even, th- 
Yeah, if you don't have it, use our Amazon link and buy that motherfucker, and then buy it again when it comes out on Blu-ray in six months. I know I will. I actually bought it on VHS, the box set. Then I bought it on Blu-ray. I mean, on, right. on DVD, and I'm ready to get right. the Blu-ray. If, oh, it, yeah. if it ever does come out. Anyway. Oh, oh, it'll happen. So the next song is Dear Prudence, um, which, God, I love. This, this I would put maybe in the top five as one of my favorites on this album. Uh, as you know, Ian, on the anthology, they explain the premise behind Dear Prudence was when they were out there in India with the Maharishi, Mia Farrow's sister, uh, that song's about her, and she they, they say they were there for three weeks and they only saw her twice. And they would go up to her door, hey, you okay in there? And that song's pretty much about her. You know, won't you come out to play Dear Prudence? Uh, beautiful fucking song. What a great song. That... that and, you know, they were very much individual at that point. There is a song where, you know, they all get in a little room together. I don't know if you know what song that is. And they jam to one song. But pretty much, this is kind of like a Beatles solo. Everybody's solo songs condensed in a Beatles album. Because they weren't really getting that well uh, at that time. But I love Dear Prudence. What do you think? Oh, uh, it is amazing. Yeah, you hit a lot of nails on the head there with this being like... This is like the Kiss solo albums all put together, but with good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like if everybody was like eight. Uh, right. Uh, and Paul. Hey, don't start. Uh, yeah, the genius in every band's name is Paul. Uh, anyway, hey. uh, yeah, you hit the you hit the nail on the head. It's about uh, Mia Farrow's sister. Uh, absolutely amazing song. Beautiful, beautiful musically. Beautifully lyrically, I mean, it's it's very Beatlesque, um, and is to me is a total fucking Lennon classic. I absolutely love it. By the way, what, what you, do you think about the? No, well, before that, okay, I, I just want to say that you said every band the genius is Paul, right? Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Paul Fraley, because that guy, <laughs> that guy, you think his real name is Stanley Eisen? Need I remind you? It was never Paul. Paul Fraley's the genius of Kiss. All right, what, what were you gonna say? What's the next song? I don't have the track uh, listing here, so you're gonna have to help me. Oh, uh, you fucking, you fucking own me. God damn it! Another absolute classic, Glass Onion. Oh, what you, got on that? you know, you know something funny about this song? There's like four versions, and I love them all. Have you heard all the other versions? That's on the anthology. Anthology, oh, I love them. God, love it, them. the one with the little soccer thing. It's a goal. It's a goal. And then there's the acoustic version. And then the version on the White Album. They're all equally amazing. And yes, I love how he mentions past songs with uh, The Fool on the Hill and uh, Strawberry Fields. And it's just a lot of... Yeah, that that song's just pure genius. And it's kind of like... It's kind of like I Am the Walrus, but better. And I love I Am the Walrus. And it rocks. That song fucking rocks. I love Glass Onion. What do you think? Oh, amazing track. Lyrically, he's making fun of people. Like, already at this point, uh, and this is pre-Manson. You know, Manson's going to talk, you know. Yeah, yeah. This, this, album this, album, this album becomes a blueprint for Manson, actually. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, there was people already before this saying, uh, it, you know, like, oh, there's this hidden meaning, this song, that hit me, this song. This is Lennon taking a piss at you, saying, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but I'm going to play into it. 
And uh, he did it perfectly by bringing up the other songs, you know, and, and get people even more excited. But no, there was no hidden meanings, you know? They're just some fucking high-ass fucking limeys writing some great-ass fucking music. And uh, Glass Onion is just an incredible, incredible fucking song, and I love it. The next one, I don't know. I don't know if I, I'd say the same. Fucking Obladi Oblada. Man, I think the thing that the thing that fucks with me with this is I cannot hear this song now without thinking of Terrence. Oh, good at that. Oh, well, well, yeah, well, Terrence, Terrence, you know, accused me after I fired him from the podcast that I, you know, I was uh, threatened by his scary talent, you know, for podcasting. But no, I was just jealous because he had a TV show before me. It was called Life Goes On. And uh, Terrence was a star that he played a character called Corky, which America fell in love with for all about, like, fucking two months. And then it got canceled. But anyway, uh, this song, you know, I wanted to hate it when I'm, I'm listening to it this morning. Like, oh, it's a fucking Terrence jam. You know, Terrence jam 68. Don't want to hear it again. But uh, it, it, is, it is fun in a stupid kind of fucking way. The rest of the Beatles hated this fucking song. Hated this fucking song. Uh, I think McCartney wanted to release it as a single. They're like, no, go fuck yourself. There's no way this is being a single. Uh, I, I love what Lennon called it granny music shit. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and I kind of get that. But I don't think Lennon really hated this song as much as Lennon just hates fucking Terrence. You know? <laughs> Oh, even even now, even after death. Oh, even now, yeah, yeah. Well, Some I, shit I don't think Terrence was away. born when Lennon was alive, was he? Yeah, but but he kind of, you know, he knew shit was happening. You know, he was a hip hip cat. You know, he knew it was coming, and he knew Terrence would suck, and so would his TV show. You know, you know, you know if Terrence was uh, alive before Dan, uh, Lennon died, you know he's going to school us on that, right? Because yeah, oh, because there is no there is no liner notes on Terrence. <laughs> But, oh, my God. Um, not a bad song, in my opinion, but not a great song. I can see, like, people who don't like the Beatles, I can see, like, pointing this out. Like, yeah, this is why I hate the fucking Beatles. They're like, yeah, okay, I get you. But uh, what, what do you think about the theme show, the theme song from the Terrence Reardon show? I experience? absolutely adore this song. Love it. <laughs> I love the melody. It's just classic Paul McCartney. And for and you know the, I'm I'm enjoying what you're bringing to the table this week, uh, Ian. And I would okay, like, thank I, you. I would like for you to continue telling me what the Beatles think of these tracks. I, I wasn't aware that Lennon hated it, this song. I mean, oh, I, well, they, they all hated it, but Lennon is well, special. Lennon. I mean, I like these little quotes you're bringing up because there okay. is a Playboy interview. I don't know if you ever read it with Lennon back in the day, where he just hated the Beatles in general. He thought the I, Beatles I never, sucked. I never read Playboy actually like the articles well i, I it's uh i read it online okay you know, it wasn't like you know in the 70s believe me i wasn't i couldn't get my hands on that fucking damn sh- uh magazine anyway but uh Obladi, let me tell you a, a funny story about this song of course i'm not gonna say it's like you know in my top five of the white album not probably not even top 10 but you know high in the teens maybe 11 you know but I always like the song. I think it's a happy song. I love the thing I love the most about it is the 
verse melodies like happy ever after in the marketplace. I know it's kind of like uh, hokey and whatever. It's like a polka. Yeah, you know? but but what what's really weird is how Lennon would call it crappy grandma music. Where I can think of a couple other songs, who, what I happen to love on the White Album that really, and I'll I'll mention those songs when we get to them that really do uh, go to the grandma category. Not this song. This song is just a uh, it's kind of like well, a well, goofy. You know, Lennon was a fucking asshole. Yeah, I he was. Love Lennon. I love Lennon. No, no, but he was. People like if you. If you really do your history, you want to talk about a hypocritic, self-absorbed fucking asshole, but genius. So I, I give him a pass. Yeah, like, like, uh, imagine no possessions. It isn't hard to do. You own four houses. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he was, and he was very about his fucking possessions and his money and shit like that. But, but uh, you know what? I don't give a fuck. It ain't up to me to judge. I love John Lennon. But let I me miss. not let me not lose my train of thought uh, with Old Bloody. Okay, bye. When I saw Paul McCartney, which I've seen him, I think, four to five times, he played it for the first time ever in 2010 at the Joe, I don't know what it was called back then. It used to be called the Joe Robbie. Oh, Joe yeah. Robbie. Yeah, yeah but it's called, the stones there. it's called something else now. It's where the Dolphins play. Yeah. And um, when he played Obladi, actually, it got the best response of the whole night. The whole stadium was jumping up and down. It was a... It was really, uh, really, yeah, dude. It was, and, a, and he and he played "Spies Like Us." No, he didn't play and, that song. Uh, did he play "Say Say Say"? No, no, no. Paul McCartney. But, Paul McCartney actually did a good set list. I've never oh. seen Paul McCartney do "Say Say Say" or "Spies Like Us." You know, I love both those songs. So I don't. I don't. So I got lucky. I got lucky. Uh, anyway, that's all I got to say. Uh, what's next? All right, next song is. Wild Honey Pie, and I'll, another Paul McCartney. Uh, I, I love this. It, it's just a little like it's not even really a song. It's just like a little in between. Uh, but he does this a lot, especially on his first solo album on McCartney, my favorite solo album that he did. Uh, there's a lot of like just little interludes. You wouldn't really call you'd call it more an interlude than you would a song. Uh, but I lo- and this is something he came up. He was writing Mother Nature's Son, and he just did this in between takes, and they ended up uh, using it. But I-, I fucking love it. What you think, Ralph? Well, I think uh, this song useless for me. It does absolutely nothing for me. All right, I'm gonna go take a hot steam and piss. You tell our good listeners about the continuing story of Bungalow, Bungalow Bill. Bill. All right, love it. Now this is uh. This song, again, kind of like uh, the last song, I really don't like... Actually, I really hate the chorus. Hey, Bungalow Bill, what did you kill? I hear Ringo loud in that mix. Um, yeah, it kind of sucks talking about a song without Ian. But, uh, uh, but then when it goes into the, you know, the, the verses, I love it, you know. And but except for the that part where Yoko comes in, I I love this fucking song. Uh, Lennon wrote this. Uh, you know they were on that trip to fucking India, and there was an American dude there who's like, yeah, yeah, I'm all about peace, love, and meditation. But uh, I'll see you fuckers Tuesday. I'm gonna go hunt some tigers. <laughs> you know, and he took off to go tiger hunting, and uh, it just kind of struck Lennon as funny, and he wrote this song. I fucking love. 
love this song. It is, uh, I don't know, it's 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 so awesome, and I th- I think this could hit everybody, like you know, like children, teenagers, adults, whatever. Everybody could find something fun in this fucking track. Uh, man, I fucking love it. One of my favorite songs on the White Album. Cool. What's next? The next one. Uh, why don't you talk about it? This is the first George Harrison track. This is called "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." This song I hate. Wow. Yeah. And I know a lot of people love this song with Eric Clapton. I actually don't mind the acoustic version that much. But I don't like this song. For some reason, it's always annoyed me. And it is a staple on uh, rock radio, classic rock radio. I've heard it enough to make up my mind. I don't like this song. I'm not the biggest George Harrison fan, though I can... Name you a bunch of uh, Beatles songs that he did I absolutely fucking love. But for the most part, man, I think I even like more Ringo songs than George Harrison songs. And I know a lot of people on the, out there, man, are like, Harrison's my favorite Beatle, and he was the best Beatle, and he did the best album, the solo album, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't agree. I think Paul did the best solo albums. I didn't like John Lennon's solo shit. With, a, with the exception of Double Fantasy, I thought he started getting to his... Strong. What about Plastic Ono Band? You don't like that one? What was on that? I mean, I oh, knew, I knew, God. I knew Select Track. I have both John Lennon boxes. Oh man, to me, to me, that that that's the best. Uh, well, well, well. Okay, I like that song. Is, is, isolation. Isolation's uh, good too. Yeah, Mother. Uh, Mother, Mother's a little too weird. Yeah, I know. But it, it just it, goes on too long. Mother, now go. It's like stop. Yeah, I, I don't have the full. Li- track list in front of me, but that's the incredible album. But anyway. Oh. Uh, that's what I feel uh, about that. I, I don't even, I know a lot of people are offended by, by me saying this, but I just, right. I, I, I enjoy the acoustic version more, but I'm not even a big fan of that one. But I, if I had to pick, I'd say the acoustic version was better. Wow. Right, I, I, what do you I, think? Oh, I've never been so excited to fucking uh, go after you. Uh, <laughs> except that time we were with your mother. Ah, uh, while my guitar gently we Holy shit. Man, did you hit the nail on the head. Uh, well, I will disagree with you about the song. I absolutely love this song. Love it. Fucking love it. Uh, it's Clapton playing the guitar solo on this. Uh, George did it. Didn't like what he how it was going. Invited Clapton to come down. And, and apparently they were fighting really bad at the time. And Clapton walked in and they all were on their best behavior. You know, like they all put on a front... Because they didn't want to look like actually how dysfunctional they were in front of Clapton, who's already you know made a name, name with himself at this point with John Mayall, uh, Blues Breakers. Uh, he was in the Yardbirds at the time he did this. He was in Cream, you know, so he was a megastar in his own right. And so they all put on their best face for him. By the way, uh, they also they, by the way they also did the same thing on Let It Be One. Billy Preston came in, they were fighting, correct. but then they, they acted all nice to each other in front of Billy Preston. Correct, correct. Uh, quiet desperation, it's the English way. Um, but I love this fucking song, but I'm dead on the money with you with George Harrison. He is my least favorite Beatle. Wow. Yes. Uh, and what I was really disgusted when he passed away. Don't get me wrong, I love George Harrison. I respect George Harrison. I love all the Beatles. He, yeah, he's just right, right, favorite. right. 
Yeah, he's my he's my least favorite. And when he died, oh my! Every fucking artist, and you know, hey, I like Dave Grohl, but here's my Dave Grohl oh, douchebag. You know that. where he's like, oh, George Harrison was always my favorite. Like, shut up, yeah, fuck George. You. George Harrison was nobody's favorite fucking Beatle. Thank you. Thank you. I never heard anybody say George Harrison was their favorite Beatle before he died. Never happened. You know how many fucking, like, people who honestly say George Harrison is my favorite Beatle? That's the same person, like, at Halloween. They're like, we're going to dress up like Kiss? I'll be Peter Chris. (laughs) Nobody wants to be Peter Chris. Okay? And nobody's favorite Beatle is fucking George Harrison. I'm sorry. I love George Harrison. I respect him, you know. But goddamn, he's nobody's favorite Beatle, and they act like he was a saint. I tell you what, I have a bootleg of the first fucking uh, Traveling Wilbury CD, and he wrote a song called "I Hate Fucking Mexicans." No, that didn't make it on the album. It was an instrumental, but listening to it, I knew what he meant. <laughs> I, I knew through that oh, music, like, he hates fucking Mexicans. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, so... Maybe okay. we're going to get good controversy from this one. Oh, you never know. <laughs> I could get sued. That'd be but awful anyway. if we hear from Paul. <laughs> and Ringo coming <laughs> oh, out us. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, he hates the Spix, mate. Oh, I'm telling you. I, I, don't, I don't like it. Paul be like, I don't like it. I don't think I should be there. That's my Paul McCartney impression. <laughs> I, I love our horrible Beatles voices. They sounds like the Beatles cartoon, which I love. Oh, yeah. I own I all of them. Episode. I own all I, of them. I, I got them all, too. Yeah. But anyway, goddamn, we're talking a long time about My Guitar Gently Weeps. Basically, I love the song. Uh, Ralph doesn't like it. I love it, but George Harrison is my least favorite Beatle. Let's go into an absolute motherfucking classic that no one can deny, and that is Happiness is a Warm Gun. Bang, bang, shoot, shoot. Take it, Ralph. Well, uh, you're going to explain to me what the hell this song's uh, about, because I really don't know. But there is nothing about this song I don't absolutely adore. I love the beginning of it. I love that little, it just, you know, she's not a girl who misses much. It's so mellow. Then it it goes into this kind of like heavier tune. With some uh, kind of like 50s doo-wop, like bang, bang, shoot, shoot. When I hold you in my... I don't know what the hell this song means, but I love it. It's a great song. I love it. Cool shit. What do you think? Oh, my God. School me. What does it mean? I have no idea what the fuck it means, but I, I love it. It is... You know, I was sitting there. I was getting all fucked up, fucking drinking some beers. Uh, listen to the album before we review this and I'm singing along I know every lyric but I'm like what in the fuck does that mean I'm like it, it's like the doors I love the doors I mean like Jim Morrison a more amazing poet I have no idea what the fuck any doors song means right. I do not get it but it sounds good you have to go <laughs> in the desert and eat peyote with Indians I know what I guess the fuck so. Jim and, is talking about and I would do that somebody somebody picked me up um, but uh, no, I, I love this fucking shit. But I have no idea what it means. But goddamn, does it sound good? This song took ninety-five takes. Fuck. Yeah, ninety-five takes before they fucking said, "Okay, that, that's a rap." Uh, but surprisingly enough, the Beatles loved it. All of them. 
because they thought that it really sharpened their skills. At this point, they weren't playing as a live band anymore. You know, they're pretty much just a you know a product of the studio and George Martin and themselves. Uh, but they said all the time changes and shit, which which it is a weird ass song structure. Um, they thought really kind of like pumped them up. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is this is getting back to us being in the fucking cavern in Germany, you know, fucking playing 50 times a fucking day. Uh, love it. Did you already talk about it? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Then we go into probably the coolest dog or coolest song about a sheep dog. And that is Martha, my dear. Uh, See, I didn't know that. I thought it was yeah. some shit called Martha. No, Mar- Martha was a sheep dog. Damn. And uh, yeah, and he and he wrote the song about her. Uh, beautiful, beautiful fucking song. Uh, only McCartney on this. No other Beatles. It's no just piano, as, uh, as I recall, right? Uh there, there there's some brass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying there's no drums to this. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. No, there was some brass stuff added by George Martin that he had recorded separately, like he did on so many tracks. Yeah. Uh, added to this. But yeah, this this was just uh, Paul McCartney. And I love the vocals on this. I think are some of his best. And not necessarily the best song, but the vocals and the different way he sings on this, you know, just fucking beautiful, beautiful fucking song. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, uh, I, I completely agree. I used to, I, I never looked at the album song titles, and I thought forever he was talking about his mother. Mo- <laughs> mother, my dear. It wasn't until much later I found out he was saying Martha, my dear. And yeah, it's a song that, God, I would love to hear Paul do this song again. There's a lot of songs on the White Album I would love to see him do again. You know, and he doesn't. I mean, not that I know of, you know, we'll go through. I mean, so far... Everything we played, all I all I've seen him play is uh, back in the USSR and uh, Obladi. Oh, so I but yeah, I love I love 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 this song. It's beautiful, beautiful structured. I don't know something about. I mean, Paul McCartney kicked ass. You gotta admit, as a solo artist, yeah, he had a lot of clunker songs, but boy, he came up with such great. Oh yeah, because he took that element of the Beatles. And put it in the wings. A, that, a, a lot, of, a lot of people fucking hate on Paul McCartney because he was because he was the happier guy, and he and you know and yeah he had some clunkers, but you know what he also put out fucking twenty five times the material after the Beatles put out that the other ones did. I mean, Paul McCartney was just like bam, 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 bam. Rocks, man. Junior's yeah. Junior's Farm, man. God damn, that song rules. Anyway, uh, yeah, I love this song. Martha, my dear, classic. Wish she would play this. Very underrated tune. Go go on, Ian. What's next? All right. One of my absolute favorites, John Lennon classic, I'm So Tired. Oh, my God. What an amazing, uh, you, you know, to me, I just, you know, I, I hear this song and I think about fighting with a chick or breaking up with a chick and not being able to sleep over it. And, um, uh, that you know, that's what this was inspired by. He was having problems sleeping at the time. And what's cool, I was doing research because I always wondered about the fucking line. You know, he's like uh, about Sir Walter Raleigh. He was such a stupid get. Yeah. And I'm like that. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. What does that mean? Then, I'm gonna fucking explain it to you. Uh, excuse me. And I gotta take a drink. 
Anyway, uh, get was an English slang term. Oh, no, no. Like I, a, know, I know that, but why, who was Saul Walter Rodney? Okay. 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 So, well, well, some of our listeners might be as dumb as me. They didn't know the shit before yeah, that, this. Yeah, that I did uh, know, and I'm dumb as fuck. All right. Well, stupid get. A get was an English term for, like, an idiot or a moron. But Sir Walter Raleigh, which I had heard the name before, but, you know, I've heard it, but I didn't know. But, uh, basically, he was the Englishman who brought tobacco to England. Like, you know, made it, you know, he brought it over from wherever they fucking got tobacco, and then all of a sudden cigarettes were the rage in England. And he's basically talking about staying up all night smoking cigarettes and, like, Fuck you, you know, Walter Raleigh for, you know, because of you, I'm, I, you know, I'm sitting here smoking cigarette after cigarette, thinking about this fucking slant-eyed cunt, you know, that's uh, fucking with my head right now. You know, Ian, it, it, it's 35 years I've been listening to this song, and now you're telling me something that I didn't know. This is, so, this is the coolest episode ever. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. You're like right. Terrence, but better. Oh, ow! Oh, what a backhanded compliment. Well, so, so is everybody there, for that matter. All right. Well, okay. Yeah, 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 that's like you have MS, but a pretty smile. You know, that no, sucks. I, 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 I'm loving this shit. This is because I am a Beatles nut, but obviously I'm not the biggest Beatles nut because I don't know none of this shit. But um, uh, all I know is the anthology. I can tell you anything about the anthology because I've watched that a million times. Did you tell? Beautiful. You already talked about so tired. Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah, your turn. I'm sorry. Okay, remind me. Well, actually, you don't have to remind me. But there's a story about this song that got me laid. This song got me laid, and I'll explain that later on when it, when we get to another song. But I will oh. tell you this: this song, I think maybe I don't know. I think this is the best John Lennon song on the whole album, in my opinion. I think this is the best one. And I and you know what? I love every John Lennon song on this album. Every song that John sings on this album, I fucking love. I mean, with the exception of one that I'm not too crazy about the chorus, but we already went through that. Anyway, so, um, yeah. Uh, my favorite song. I love this song, and I'll explain how it got me laid later. So what's next there, Ian? What the fuck uh, was that you just popped? That didn't that sound... Is a- Oh, that's a Grolsch. Oh, okay, because I was like, that's not a can. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a Grolsch, man. It comes in a bottle. It's like uh, got a ceramic top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to drink those. I'm well aware of the Grolsch. But what were you drinking before? Rolling Rocks? Yeah, yeah, but I like to mix it up. It's the Beatles. I I like Spurs. The White Album's a big mix-up. What great great way to mix up the beers, bro, to this album, right? You got that right. So what's next? Oh, now we got a beautiful song. Oh, my God, this song is so beautiful. Uh, Blackbird. Oh, yeah. Palmer. Uh, excuse me. Blackbird, uh, solo acoustic track by McCartney. And it's so awesome. I remember when I was discovering this album, it was right around the time I'm picking up a guitar and I'm playing. And I, I have this acoustic guitar. It's amazing. It's, it's a total knockoff, cheap brand I've never even heard of uh, before called Hondo the neck's a little tweaked but it sounds so amazing it sounds so amazing and I love this song and I was like I gotta you know I gotta look up the tab for that I gotta figure out how to play this cause I thought it had such a fat sound and then I realized it's uh, you know cause I was new to playing guitar uh, he's double picking yeah. you know, the top and the bottom string 
and just created this beautiful, beautiful sound. And I was like, oh, man, isn't I'm, I'm playing it and learning discovering it. It just sounded so amazing. And I uh, absolutely love this. Uh, he wrote this song, uh, has to do with, like, civil rights movement at the time. Yes. There's, that, you know, hey, I knew one thing, and finally. Hey, there, there, there you go. And, uh, you know, bird is an English slang for, for a woman. Yeah. You know, and black is an English, you know, slang for a black person. So, <laughs> wow, I didn't know uh, that. that I yes. didn't know. Yes. Well. Yes, Governor. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, he wrote this song. You know, there's a mix, there was a poem that was influenced by, and also the, the civil rights movement here in the States. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely amazing track. You can't say anything bad about Blackbird. No, Can I can't. You? I can't. No, not at all. Have you seen all the right. video of Paul McCartney playing this song in a little room back then? No. Okay. I'm, it's probably. I, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, I have a video of him playing this song. And what's interesting, if you listen to the recording on the White Album, you hear little taps during it. You know, when he's playing the guitar, you hear like like a tap. What it is is Paul McCartney's wearing wooden shoes, like uh, Holland. What do they call those shoes? Yeah, yeah. He's wearing uh, that and he's tapping his foot on the floor while clogs, like a clog. Yeah, he's wearing a clog. You can see it. They even zoom in on the clog. It has a little red bow on it, and he's like playing the song and he's hitting his foot. And I love it. My second favorite Paul McCartney song on the album. My first wow. is coming up very soon. Next song is is it Piggies? It is Piggies. Fuck yeah, I love this song. I, it's George Harrison's best song on the whole the whole White Album. This song is great, and I know somehow this was uh, involved in the, I mean, the Manson thing. You know when they wrote Pig and Pig and, and Human Blood. Did they write Pig or Piggy? Uh, I think it was Pig. Okay. I don't know. I love it. You go. And notice, there's a kind of like a little animal theme going on in the White Album. You have uh, Blackbird, Piggies, and the next song. But go ahead. Tell me what you think of Piggies. Yeah, and Terrence, so blood Diablo Death. Piggies, probably one of my least favorite songs on the album. Really? It just doesn't do it for me. Really? I uh, love this song. It's yeah. so cool. Okay. John Lennon, John Lennon and George Harrison's mother actually helped them with the lyrics. All I had contributions to it. Uh, it was an attack on modern society, uh, and and Manson totally, you know, interpreted it the wrong fucking way. And it was one of the ones he felt spoke to him. It's not horrible, but like nine times out of ten, my least favorite song is always going to be a fucking Harrison song, and this is one of them. Yeah, this but, is this is another like you know as I said. I even dig Ringo more than Harrison, but this, oh, is, this is one of those songs that uh, Harrison did that I absolutely love. I really, it's one of my favorite, not my favorite Harrison song. That would be something, but uh, it's one of them. I, I was going to say that's, that's your favorite Harrison song? Something is my favorite Harrison song. Yeah, yeah. My, my, what's your least favorite? Um, uh, oh, it's coming up. <laughs> it's coming up. Oh, oh. oh, no, 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 no. What's the okay. one on uh, on Sergeant Pepper? Within without that's mine. Within you, without you. I that hate is that thing. fucking song. I hate that fucking song. Finally, we agree. Yes. he's not a fucking saint, people. He hated Mexicans, and within you, without you, is a horrible. And, and song. let me tell you something. That other one on Magical Mystery Tour was no picnic either. 
Please don't be long. Oh, see, I love that song. Oh, I love that song. And then there's one one also, there's one on on, uh, on, uh, Revolver. Where he's using that, you know, that Robbie Shankar instrument. Yeah. What's it called again? A sitar. Yeah, a sitar. I, I wasn't too crazy. But it's, it's funny because, you know, we've talked before. Like, the way you talk about, like, you hate instruments you blow into, like a saxophone you yeah. hate. Yeah. I love a fucking saxophone. I think a saxophone can be very fucking sexy, a very powerful instrument. Right. But I, when I hear a fucking sitar... I imagine it's what you hear when you hear a saxophone. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yes. I, I, I hear a fucking sitar. It's like see you in five years, erections. But, you know, but it's terrible. What's I your, what's your opinion on Norwegian Wood? Eh, what? I like their. That's one of the greatest I, songs ever written. No, I like it, but you know what I mean. I'm, I'm saying it in George Harrison aspect. You know oh, that yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I agree. Taxman is another great George Harrison song, which John yeah, Lennon, John Lennon yeah. said he wrote it, and he just gave George really? the credit. And that's really? what, uh, lead guitar is Paul McCartney. Well, here's where I can school you again. Do you know who really wrote fucking Taxman? <laughs> All right, Ian, who wrote it? Bob Daisley. <laughs> anyway. I thought it was Ozzy. Awesome. We're going to the next track. Right. Not about What's We're that? going to... We're going into Rocky Raccoon. Rocky Raccoon. And this evolved out of a jam session between John Lennon and Donovan while they were at that little fucking Maharishi fucking mission. John Mishu. Lennon, huh? Yeah, 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 exactly. Paul sings it. But the song, you know, the music and everything evolved from a, from, from a jam between fucking Lennon and Donovan. Interesting. And, uh, I love this song. George Martin hated this song. And he called it total, he called it filler. He actually called it filler and said the only reason it's on the album is because it's a double album. And uh, there's also, there's another funny version of this on uh, Anthology 3. I love it. Schminking? Oh, Uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Great album. Uh, I, I, Anthology 2 and 3 are my favorites by far. I love them all. I love all three of them. I love them all, but uh, those are my favorites. There's some, there's some songs on Anthology I like even more than original. My main one is uh, uh, Can't Do That. That song from uh, Hard Day's Night. Yeah. yeah. That version on Anthology fucking rocks, man. It's so much better. I hate, I, you know, you listen to other version with the backing vocals. I know we're, we're getting off topic here, but we're still talking about the goddamn Beatles. You're fucking it right. Uh, I, I love them both. I see what you're saying, though. I love anthology. But uh, where the fuck were we? I yeah, should have. Uh, uh, Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, Rocky Raccoon. Oh, my God. Rocky said, I didn't like that. I'm going to get that, boy. I love that shit, dude. It sounds like a fucking. It's almost like a, a child story mixed with a Bob Dylan song. <laughs> you know, there's, like, there's a story, there's a narrative, but it's funny because he's a raccoon. I don't know. I fucking love this goddamn song. I love Rocky Raccoon. What do you think, brother? This song is definitely a grower. I, I used to not like it, and now it's my favorite. Paul, uh, it's my favorite Paul McCartney song on the White Album. Yes. No shit. Yes, nice. I would. I would say this one is the best one. It's a grower, though. 
I didn't really like it. I guess I just never gave it a chance and never really soaked it in because the way it starts, it kind of sounds like what George, George Martin hears. To me, back then, it was like, oh, what the hell is this, you know? He's trying to be Southern. I'm going to get that boy. <laughs> but then, you know, then when it goes into, you know, Rocky Raccoon, it's just so beautifully written and structured, and, and it does give that little story, and it's beautiful, and it's my favorite Paul song on the White Album, Rocky Raccoon Rules. Wow. Uh, what's, what's, your, what's the next one? Oh, God. Oh, that makes me happy. The next song, I love it. And this is by the actual third best Beatle, Ringo fucking Starr. Yeah. I fucking love Ringo, dude. I fucking love Ringo. Ringo kicks ass. Yo, Ringo takes so much shit and fucking, uh, you know, he's a solid drummer. Yeah. The same way like Charlie Watts from the Stones is an amazing drummer. You don't have to play a fucking blast beat to fucking be a great drummer. Sometimes you need to know what to play and what not to fucking play. And what serves the song. And Ringo always serves the song. And Ringo just has this personality. Ringo is so... Like, Ringo's the guy you want to go on a fucking bender with. Yeah, I mean, seriously. You know, you know, Lennon's going to be full of himself. McCarty's going to be full of himself. You can go out and have a good goddamn nah. time drunk with fucking Ringo Starr. Well, McCartney, um, you can get nice and buzzed with some weed. You know, he loves the weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a stoner. Yeah, But, you know, like the minute I'm like, I'm hungry, let's go get a hamburger. He's going to be like, Ooh, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, exactly. Where Ringo, Ringo is the guy you go on a fucking bender with. I love Ringo. But, I mean, he is the fucking Fredo of the fucking Beatles. Yeah, no respect. You know, you know if, you, if you break up the, the fucking Beatles as the Corleones, you know, uh, Paul is Mike. Lennon is fucking Sonny. George Harrison is Tom. Oh, oh, George, oh, how ironic. How ironic Lennon it's is true. Sonny. It, you, <laughs> but tell me it's not true. Lennon is Tom Hagen. I mean, I'm sorry, Harrison is Tom Hagen. Yeah. And fucking Ringo is fucking Fredo. And, and That's all right. Brian Epstein was uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But, yeah, maybe he's Luca Brazzi. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you won't see Pauly no more. No, uh, he was he was like Marlon Brando, except he loved the cock. <laughs> anyway, I fucking love Ringo. And I love Ringo's songs. Okay, what and song this is this could, one? This could... what? Uh, it's the one on... Well, the one of two. Don't yeah. Pass Me By. Uh, he, does, I, he does three, I think. Is there three? I think. I only know two. I could be wrong, but I only know him two. But anyway... Yeah, don't pass me I, by. Go ahead. I love Don't Pass Me By. Don't make me blue. It's it's so funny, but it's so fucking Ringo, and it's so awesome, and it comes at a great point in the album. You know, I think it's just a great mix-up. Like, all of a sudden, oh, shit, there's Ringo. I love this fucking song. What do you think, Ralph? Hell yeah, this song rules, dude. I love this fucking song, too. I love the... Who wrote this? Lennon and McCartney? Uh, no. Ringo? Was, yes. No shit. This was a song he had been working on since 1963. Is this? He, <laughs> he, no, no, seriously. No, I, I, I'm serious here. He wanted... This song about over time. Uh, it was At one time, the working title was Ringo's Tune, and the other one was called 
this is some time or this is some friendly. But now, yeah, he had been he had been working on this song on and off since 1963. Now, now and, uh, is this the first Ringo song ever? I mean, I know he sung songs that were written by by oh, Paul yeah. and John, but uh, has he ever gotten credit before this? Now that that that's a Beatles question I can't answer. I don't think so. Terrence knows, and he'll say. Terrence doesn't know. Terrence has to get the liner notes to find out. All right, but uh, yeah, great song, dude. I love this song. I love, uh, I love Ringo. I I go see Ringo all the time, man. When he comes with that All Star Band, yeah. Unfortunately, he never plays this song, but he plays my favorite Ringo song, which uh, the Beatles that that the Beatles never wrote. It's a cover. I love Act Naturally. That's my favorite Ringo song. And, and the one that Phil and Sonomal hates. I love the anthology version of Octopus's Garden. I don't really like the Abbey Road version that much. Yeah, not one of my favorites. I love the I anthology say. version. That, I would say it's my second favorite Beatles song. What's next? You go to the next song, which is Why Don't We Do It In The Room? Alright, well, I'll tell the audience this. And, okay, um, a real short song. Now, this is a song that with um, what's the other one uh, I'm so tired got me laid because me and my guitar player in Thrash or Die Helvomit Sodomizer is his name it was his actual birth name I saw the birth certificate and uh, he was rapping to some chick and I was rapping to the same girl we both were you know just talking to this girl she was She's a, you know, she was a little risque, you know. He said to her, he goes, you remind me of the song I'm So Tired. Like, he was being romantic to her. And then she called me, like, mocking him, saying, God, he, he's so corny. He said, like, the song that, that reminds him of, uh, you know, trying to be romantic was I'm So Tired. I go, you know what song reminds me of you? Why don't we do it on the road? <laughs> and, and you she, fucked her. And I fucked her, man. Yeah. I fucked her right after that. She came by and I yeah, fucked yeah, yeah. her. Because that song and I'm So Tired both helped me get laid. And she was awesome, nice. by the way. That, that's a good story. Yeah, it's a great story. But why don't we do it on the road? It's just, that's all he says over and over again. Yet it rules. Yes, it's a throwaway. I'm sure George Martin's head exploded during this song. You know? But, you know, it's also weird. It's like, really? You want to do it on the road? Get gravel in your ass? I kind of weird but what do you think of the song Ian I think it is fucking amazing one of their best songs ever uh this was written by McCartney while they were in fucking India he was inspired by seeing two fucking monkeys fucking in the street now I I fucking love this song but uh why don't we do it in the road why don't we do it on the beach hey fuck it everybody fuck whenever wherever however I fucking love it. This is a great fucking Beatles track. All-time fucking classic. And then I'll go into the next one, which is another McCartney song. This is called I Will. Uh, I, I love this one. It, it, it's short. It's sweet. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to say about it, but just... Uh, da, 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 da. I mean, just beautiful melody. Um, short song, but uh, a great song. What do you think, Rob? Uh, I love it. Paul actually took this song to India, and he, I think, refined it with Donovan. I could be wrong. 
But he did say he was working with Donovan in the anthology, and he said, I took a song over there called I Will. It's a beautiful song. I love this song, but at the same time, I wouldn't give this song to a slut. I would tell her, why don't we do it in a row to get laid? But there you it's, go. it's a great, great song. I love it, and I know what's next, so I'll go into what's next. Is there you uh, go. Julia, a song about, yes. a song about John Lennon's uh, mother who was killed by an off-duty police officer who was drunk driving. Um, as I understand it, his mother really wasn't around that much. He was raised by his auntie. Yes, and yeah, he was. His dad disappeared, but his dad returned when he was famous. And right. John told him to fuck off. Right. But yeah, I guess it's just a love song toward his mother, uh, Julia, and uh, not really that personal because he's talking about you know silent clouds and, and, and singing sand or something like that. I forget. But um, it's a beautiful song. Very mellow, very soft, very quiet. It's beautiful. I love it. What do you think? Oh, it's an amazing song. Uh, the, the song's actually about two different subjects. It's half about his mother and it's half about uh, Yoko. Who we just, you know, the reference to Ocean Child is a reference to her in the lyrics. Oh, okay. Uh, but, oh my God, it's absolutely gorgeous. My friend Paulie back in Florida named his daughter Julia. And, um, man, just a beautiful, beautiful, sad song. I mean, he had a, he had a fucked up childhood, a fucked up relationship, and he had a lot of issues. You know, that, that helped shape who he was, for better and for worse, you know. Uh, he was, he was raised by his aunt. And then he found out only later that his mother was his actual mother. And then right as they formed a relationship, she dies. You know, this shit happens with the, the with the dad. Uh, you know, and that really fucked him up. But hey, a lot of great artists come out of that. I absolutely love Julia. All-time beautiful song. And that ends it for the first, uh, the first album, if you will, of this double album. And then we are going to go into the first song on the second one, which is Birthday. Oh, man. Birthday. This is uh, this is the only true Lennon McCartney song on the album. Uh, every other song, you know, they're all credited, you know, except for the Harrison ones, all credited to Lennon McCartney, but they wrote them solo. This is the only one that Lennon and McCartney actually wrote together. Uh, it was inspired by The Girl Can't Help It. They were watching that, uh, the movie with uh, Little Richard. And uh, helped inspire the song. Background vocals on this by Yoko Ono and Patty Harrison, George Harrison's wife. Uh, but man, if I gotta skip a song on the album, this, this is definitely fucking one of them. Holy shit. Uh, you know, and you get tired of hearing it on everybody's fucking birthday, too. What do you think, Ralph? Birthday? I don't like this song too much. I do like it on my birthday. Weird enough. It's like, when I hear it on my birthday, I get kind of happy. When I don't hear it on my birthday, I kind of feel like... And it's one of those radio staples, which I don't understand. So many... Man, why not, you know, Rocky Raccoon or... Or, you know, I mean, birthday is always on the radio. I always hear that shit on the radio, and it's like... I don't know, man. It's not its not one of my favorites on the album. Actually, one of my least favorites. Ah. I like While My Guitar Gently Weeps more than Birthday. 
Oh, holy shit. All right. Well, what do you think of the next one? Oh, I love your blues. Your blues, if you watch the anthology, uh, Ringo talks about that they actually went into a, like a little studio somewhere, all four of them in a room, and they played that live, and that's what you hear on the record. Them in a room live playing the song. Now, I don't know. Maybe they did a million takes, but that is a live. That's the band together in a room jamming. I love it. Good stuff. What do you think? Oh my god, it's 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 one of the top tier tracks on the fucking album. Uh, you know, it was inspired by other English blues of the time, like Fleetwood Mac. Yes, Fleetwood Mac before Lindsey Buckingham. Oh yeah, the and Peter Green Steven era, Dick. man. Oh yeah, Peter, dude, that is some amazing English blues rock. Also inspired by Chicken Shack, which is another awesome English blues band that Christy McVie was in before she joined Fleetwood Mac. Uh, you know, with Savoy Brown. You had a lot of amazing bands at that time. But anyway, it's inspired by that. that uh, I, I love how he references uh, uh, I Feel So Suicidal Just Like Dylan's Mr. Jones. Yeah. And it, and then, then he re- goes back and says, I feel so suicidal, even hate my rock and roll. Want to die. Oh, my God. Amazing. I mean, it, and it's just like, while the Beatles could... You know, do something like fucking uh, Sergeant Pepper, you know, and uh, you know, something like that. It's so like evolved for the time that he could do something like your blues, which is just basic blues, just like you know, guitar singing rhythm, you know, bass and, and drum, pure simplicity, and make it sound yeah, and be just as fucking awesome. Absolutely love your blues. Ralph, why don't you go into the next one, which is Mother Nature's Son. Beautiful, beautiful song. I bet, I, I'm not sure you're going to school me. I'm sure this was definitely written around the time they were hanging with the Maharishi because it has that vibe like the lyrics, like, you know, the nature, being one-on-one with nature. And uh, oh, I love that song. It's, it's a beautiful song. And when I first owned the White Album, that was like my favorite song. I, for some reason, I was like, like, why isn't this on the radio? You know, and birthday is, you know, it's just, I feel like that, that, that has hit written all over it. Like, like a yesterday part two type of thing, you know, pure magic. I love mother nature's son. One of my favorite Paul tunes on the album. You. Wow. Uh, not one of my favorites, but I love it. Um, this was this was written in India while they were on that trip, and he worked on it uh, while he was in isolation from the other members. You know, just worked on it himself, wrote it, uh, recorded it later. George Martin added some some brass arrangement to it, but a, a beautiful song. You know, I can't hate on it. It's just not one of my favorites, but. Uh, then let's go into one that I do fucking love and is absolutely, well, I don't know, might be tied with Wild Like a Tired Chunk. It's my favorite George Harrison song. And that is Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except for Me and My Monkey. George Harrison? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. That's oh. John Lennon, isn't it? Singing it? Oh, fuck. I'm all fucked up. Does no, he sing I, it? I don't know. No, 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 no. no, no it's, it was it's, John Lennon. No, it's Harrison. Okay. Yeah, wow. Harrison said. Harrison said the title came from uh, uh, the one of the Maharishi saying. Uh, yeah, come on, that, come on. 
Yeah, and everybody's got something to hide. Yeah, except uh, for the monkey bit. He said the uh, Maharishi never said anything about a monkey. Oh, uh, okay. Wow, but, I didn't uh, know that was George Harrison. I always thought it was John Lennon doing that song. Hold on, I couldn't It sounds like John Lennon to me. You sure? Come Let me on. check. I mean, I never heard George Harrison scream and shit. You know, and, oh, wait a minute. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. You're right. Yeah, All right. I was, I was like, holy fuck, man. Really? This whole time I thought that was John? Yeah. No, I, I, I smoked up way too much before this episode. Yeah. I know. Anyway, I dig this song. It came out of a jam. I'll love it. One of my favorites. What do you say? It has what I would say a prototype thrash riff. Seek and destroy Metallica riff in it in this song. Gang, 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 gang. Crunchy thrash type riff in the damn song. It's a little uh, disconjorted. Is that a word? Yes. All right, cool. I, I came up with a long word there, like gymnasium. And, uh, <clears throat> but it's good. I love it. You know, that whole, it's a very noisy song. Uh, like it, it, Ringo's hitting some bell, like ding, 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 ding the whole time. And, and John, and it's got like these simplistic lyrics that, yeah, they just got what Maharishi said and then threw in Monkey in the lyrics, you know, but it's a great fucking song. I love it. It's very out there, though. It's kind of a weird tune. Not really, um, I'm sure, again, George Martin was like, God damn, this sucks. All right, the next one. Oh, my God, I love this fucking song. Sexy Sadie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, by John Lennon. Uh, this one was about the Maharishi. Uh, he actually called him Sexy Sadie. Uh, John Lennon got very disillusioned when he found out like the Maharishi was banging all these chicks on the trip. Hell yeah! Like he was supposed to be some like you know spiritual leader, but dude, the Maharishi wanted to get some pussy. Well, wow, nothing wrong he... with that. No, no, I, I dig it, dude. I dig it. I, I would have respected him more. But apparently there was some women uh, that accompanied the Beatles besides their wives and all this shit, you know. And and the Maharishi was all about trying to get some of that banana. That's awesome. And fucking, and fucking Lennon was like, whoa, I thought you were some spiritual dude. And then, like, fucking Maharishi's like, you know, go fuck yourself. Four eyes, I want to get my salad tossed, you know. And, uh, but, oh, my God, this song to me will always remind me and I know this this girl doesn't listen to the podcast, but uh, I want to give a shout out to Sadie Cruz. And then why don't we go into a badass fucking jam? Hey, why don't and we? Why don't we, why don't we uh, find out what I think of Sexy Sadie? You selfish prick! Oh, oh, I thought you said it already. No, man, no. <laughs> Number one, I didn't know All it was right. about the Maharishi. I had no idea. I thought it was about some chick. Sexy Sadie that John Lennon was banging behind Yoko's back. I don't know. Or maybe I thought it was about nope. like, uh, somebody Maharishi was banging. Who knows? Uh, I love this song. It's a great song. Like I said, I like all John Lennon songs. I'm not going to dwell into this. Maybe like one of the lower ones of the John like. Uh, but I love it. I love all the John songs. But, you know, I put like probably pretty much all, all the other ones above it. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. But it's a good song. I love it. Good shit. What's next? The next one is Helter Skelter. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. All right. Take uh, it. 
right, Halter Skelter, uh, Paul McCartney said about this song, was he read an interview with The Who, and Pete Townsend said, I just wrote the most heaviest, craziest song ever. And Paul ran back to the Beatles and said, look, The Who's going to come out with a song, The Heavy, let's, let's try to top it. And they never even heard that song that The Who did. And I, I can see for miles. Was it that one? Yes, it was. Okay, well, you know, yeah. Well, then Paul won because that one's way heavier. And I love I Can See for Miles, but come on. Helter Skelter, to me, is metal, man. It may be uh, the first heavy metal song ever. They're, they're both awesome. I love I Can See for Miles. I love that song, too. Very yeah. disappointing for Pete Townsend because he felt like that was a number one hit and it wasn't number one. And it really fucked them up, and that's what inspired Tommy. By the way, right? But uh, that's a whole different band. Um, but uh, yeah, Helter Skelter rules, dude. It's heavy. It's fucking. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you know. It's. I wouldn't say heavy metal because to me, the first real heavy metal song was uh, was obviously um, Black Sabbath. I mean, for me, you no, know, it wasn't Blue Cheer. I'm sorry, or you know. A lot of people, well, a lot of everybody says blue chair if they don't say Sabbath. But Helter Skelter to me was like one of the first, if not the first, like really heavy fucking song. And the funny part is, Paul wrote it. You know, so the little whimsical ballad ear of the Beatles, you'd figure it'd be a John Lennon tune. But Paul McCartney wrote this. I absolutely despise the anthology version. Hate it. What do you think of Helter Skelter? Uh, to me, the first metal song of all time is uh, by a Canadian artist called Aldo Nova, and it's called Fantasy. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about him. That was way but, back uh, in 81. Yes. But uh, anyway, I love Helter Skelter. Holy fucking shit, how can you not love Helter Skelter? Uh, what's funny is the title Helter Skelter is what... Um, in America is referred to as a, a tornado slide. Like kids on a playground, it's it's a slide that goes around, you know, almost like a like a tornado. Uh, an amazing heavy fucking song. I love Parkinson so beautiful, so awesome. But man, when that motherfucker screams and wants to sit hard, he can fucking do it, and he does it here. It's absolutely amazing. You can hear his uh, throat, like, like breaking. Oh, yeah. That scream oh, yeah. he does. It, it, it sounds like he's doing shots of glass, you know? And who's but, that at uh, the end? Is it Ringo that goes, I got blisters on my fingers? Yes, I never knew that until I just did some, uh, you know, I was doing research for the album. I always thought that was Lennon. It was Ringo. Me too. Saying, yeah, I always thought it was Lennon. It was there's a wrinkle that I have blisters on my fingers. And while they were recording this, I would have loved to have seen fucking footage of this. George Harrison ran around the studio uh, with a flaming ashtray over his head saying he was doing an Arthur Brown. Who is, yeah. I am the god of hellfire, yeah. and I will bring you fire. Right. Okay, look, look it up, kids. Look it up, kids. The crazy word of Arthur Brown. But anyway, uh... Helter Skelter, holy fucking shit! I mean, if it's if it's cool enough to make you know the Manson clan do that shit, you know it's a good song. 
But uh, then we'll go into one that's a lot less interesting to me. So uh, let's see what Ralph has to say. This is another George Harrison pen song. This is long, long, long. Useless, terrible, hate it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. This was actually, it's funny that the name the name of the song is Long Long Long. It was one of the longest Beatles sessions ever recorded. It went from the afternoon of October seventh till seven AM of the next day. Useless. Bore, bore, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't hate it, but it's like, if you had to trim the fat somewhere, I would trim it here. I would say, man, that song right there is like, musically, it's the worst song on the album. Oh, uh, I wouldn't go that okay, far. Okay, tied, musically. All right. With another one, because the worst thing on the album is not even music. Yeah, exactly. All right, but what's, what's next? But we're going to flip this motherfucker over to side four. All right, we're and, winding and, down. Yes, and we're going to start off with revolution number one. What do you got, Rap? Uh, I, I dig it, uh, but I do, I, I don't know if I'm used to it more, I've heard it more, but I prefer the electric version. Um, it does have the interesting part where John Lennon goes, if you call, if you... Uh, out in! Yeah, that part where they asked him in an interview, what do you mean by that? Out, uh, if you talk about destruction, you know you can count me out in... He said that, well, at the moment, I feel like, you know, if you're talking about destruction, count me out. But I might change my mind, and it might be in later on. So that's why he said that. Uh, I dig it. It's cool. If there was never an electric version, I might even like it more. But I don't know. I think because of the electric version, it kind of, like, uh, taints my thought of this song. You? Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, the, the single version... Is a thousand times better. There, there is one thing I forgot to mention about the song was, you know, John Lennon is known to be a communist now. You know, after he died, because of uh, the song "Imagine." You know, it, it is a lot of communist beliefs, like you know, no position. But he was a Scientologist. Was Scientology around back then? You don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know when you're being serious or not, dude. All right, so. Um, what do you call but you know I mean he's known as you know because of uh, a lot of things that John Lennon was for was you know there, there were label communist beliefs you know but if you listen to Revolution he has that line where he says if you go carrying pictures of Chairman Mao you wouldn't make it with anyone anyhow that's a communist and he was against him so that kind of like dispels that right I don't know right. I just figured I'd th- throw that in uh, you had anything else to say about Revolution? Yeah, no, no. It's not as good as a single. Yeah. What's next? Honey Pie. Honey Pie. You're making me tragic. Yeah, it sounds like a granny song. Hey, Why you long? It's okay. You know, I mean, I like it more than Birthday. It's not bad. No, actually, I do I do think the song. I was listening to it today, and I was tapping my toe. You know, I gave it a 5 out of 10. It's a good song. Cool. Uh, Ragtime-ish. Kind of like uh, that song on... Uh, what was the other song on site on the di- first disc that had that? Now he made it the big time. Was it? Uh, Wild Honey Pie. Yeah, there you go. So, I like it. It's a good song. Dig it. What do you think? I fucking love... I love Honey Pie. 
Make me tragic. I'm in love, or whatever. I don't know. I love the fucking song. Uh, Lennon, this is another one. Lennon fucking hated. He called this song Beyond Redemption. (laughs) That it was that bad. But I absolutely adore this fucking track. But then again, I'm a fucking Paul McCartney nut swinger, whatever. I think the guy's a fucking genius. Uh, I love this fucking song. And I think it's even better than the next song, even though I like the next song, and that is Savoy Truffle. Uh, it got its name. This is another fucking uh, Eric Clapton reference. This was his favorite chocolate in a back in a box of Macintosh Good News chocolates. I guess that's something in fucking England, but that was his favorite, and that's like the title for this Savoy Truffle. It's okay, but. Again, it's a Harrison song, and it's, uh, you know, on the bottom of the list. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I, you know, listening to this song, to me, it's kind of like before it's time. It sounds like a 70s song, like something like David Bowie would do later, you know? I, I, it just has this vibe. It doesn't sound like a, a 60s song. It sounds like a 70s tune uh, with, the, with the saxophones and that mog, I think. Oh, too bad Terrence ain't here, right? He can tell us what kind of keyboard they were playing. Yeah, it was a Casio 9527. Yeah, whatever the fuck, who cares? But the sound of the song, to me, reminds me like, wow, this is done in 67 or whatever year that was. 68. I was like, that's that's odd. You know, this sounds like... 69. 69. Was it? 69. 69. No. No. It was... No, no, it was 67, 68. I just want to say 69, 69. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I think it's kind of a futuristic tune. I dig it. Not, you know, like out of this world. Probably, yeah, put it kind of low. And, you know, it is kind of a throwaway tune. You can tell. Hey, well, oi, hey, Paul, we need another one. Oh, John. John wrote that one, right? I think so. Uh, no, Savoy Trouble, that's a Harrison. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. It's not bad. You know, for Harrison, it's not bad, especially for Harrison. I, I dig it. Kind of <laughs> futuristic for the 60s. Um, what's next? Our, the next song is one of my absolute fucking favorites. Uh, excuse me. Uh, John Lennon class. Cry, Baby, Cry. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, I love this song. The vocals on this are just something very English, very I don't I don't know. Oh, there's just something awesome about this track. Uh, I wouldn't say a lullaby like the last song is, but it's uh almost like you, you it's another song you could sing to a child, you could sing to an adult. I love Cry Baby Cry. What do you think, Ralph? It's it's a great song. The lyrics are pretty spooky though at one point like they're they ha- they're having a seance you ever caught that like uh, it's kind of like there's somebody the dead or something yeah, I don't know it's it's a weird song yeah the but lyrics, it sa- yeah, sounds so good the lyrics are kind of a uh, my I don't know demonic would be a harsh word for it but yeah it is a little more of the unknown you know like what you know little kids and having a seance and stuff like that it's just kind of odd, I feel. Uh, but it's a great song. I dig it. 
And then we go into revolution number nine, or what I call, what the fuck? It's just, I, I don't even know where to go. It's just, I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard this song in its entirety, to tell you the truth. I mean, song, listen to me. I've never heard this, like, dreck in its entirety. It has Yoko Ono written all over it. I know it. I know this is all Yoko and John's pussy whipness, and it's just so stupid and so annoying and so... I don't know, man. It's just useless. And whoever likes this, you're a blind sheep, and I'd like to hang out with you. You're a pretty bizarre dude. What do you think of this, like, clusterfuck of whatever the hell? Like, anybody could do this. You know? I hate this fucking song. It ain't a song. I hate this shit. It's fucking horrible. It doesn't. It doesn't deserve to have a fucking goddamn fucking Beatles name on it. It's fucking terrible. It shouldn't fuck. even have like Justin Bieber's name on it. What the fuck? Fucking terrible. And and here's one thing I forgot to mention earlier. Um. Uh, Paul McCartney is not on this at all. And he was pissed about it. Well, I mean, not pissed that he wasn't on it, but I, I, I well, maybe a little bit. But uh, he did not want this on the album. Don't blame and, uh And the only song that Lennon wasn't on was uh, Why Don't We Do It In The Road. And Lennon was pissed about how come I'm not on that. And they're saying Paul McCartney did that. And it was like, hey, uh, fuck you for Revolution of Nine. Well, you know, it's interesting but, about Revolution Number 9. If you play it backwards, it says, Turn Me On, Dead Man. Did you know that? Oh, my God. Uh, For some reason, Number 9 not, backwards oh. says, Turn Me On, Dead Man. Weird. Maybe that's yours. Because I played it backwards and it said, Now for the podcast you've always wanted to hear, but we're afraid of. The Terrence Reardon experience. Well, shit, you know, I mean, if I had a choice, I'd play it forward. Exactly. It's fucking horrible. It's, it's, Jesus Christ, it's a black mark on the album. Let's go into the final song, Good Night. Yeah. Go ahead. You, Writ- you, t- you t- Written by John Lennon as, as a, uh, a lullaby to his son, which he could never make up his mind. Like, he would say some horrible shit to Julian as a small child. Like, I wish you were never born and you fucked up my life. He was a very, very bad father to Julian. Um, but at this time, he wanted a fucking lullaby, and uh, he wanted Ringo to sing it. He wrote it specifically for Ringo to sing it. I think Ringo does an amazing job on this. Um, a beautiful, beautiful way to end the album. Uh, a very uh, sweet and sad song. What do you think, Ralph? I don't like it at all. I, I like pretty much Sexy Sadie to me is Danny the album. I mean, not Sexy Sadie. What was it? A Cry Baby Cry. That's the, end of the, that's the end of the album for me. The last two songs are just pointless for me. I felt Good Good Night was like pretty much just Ringo talking, right? I don't know. Yes. I haven't heard it in so long. I haven't even heard it. On, on the research of this it's just not good I just bleh. I can do without it uh, well that's it dude we just plowed through the white album and he closed an amazed uh, an amazing fucking album ah uh, closing thoughts what do we got here alright released November 22nd 1968 it was the ninth studio album for the Beatles 
Uh, but it was. It was like the Kiss solo albums. Only 16 of the 30 songs have all Beatles on it. Uh, critics were kind of dismissed when it came out, you know. Half thought it was genius. Half thought it was fucking bullshit. I absolutely fucking love it. I mean, it just shows you how talented you know, the Beatles were. Uh, they're the greatest band of all time. I absolutely fucking love them. Uh, what you got in closing, Ralph? Oh, by the way, this went 19 times platinum, which Fuck. means, yeah, which means Terrence is going to do a review of it soon. <laughs> yeah, because if it's a million seller, Terrence is all over it. <laughs> That's right. That's and plus, right. we reviewed it, so. Anyway, yes. uh, yeah, what can I say? I love this album. I love it because this is a great album to play if you want ver- variety, you know? It's just like all over the map. It showed, you know, different influences. Not, I don't think any song was really that much alike. I mean, yeah, I guess you can say Blackbird, Mother Nature, Son. Yeah, Cry Baby Cry, Sexy Sadie. Yeah, there were some songs that were similar, but then there were some songs there were pretty out there well like bungalow bill happiness is a warm gun helter skelter you know it's, it's amazing but, a, but look where they go from here look at how different abbey road is yeah and right. that that was no let it be was the next album after the white album abbey road was the last album they ever did they scrapped let it be and then they did abbey road and then after they broke up they released let it be but technically, right. Abbey Road was their last album. And still, yeah, An pretty different. Album. Oh, what a gr- That album's fucking, to me, flawless. Other than Octopus's Garden, which I said earlier, I I prefer the anthology version. It's a little more loose. But uh, White Album is great. Um, going down the rock, I would say White Album would be like maybe my fourth or third favorite Beatles album I, I'd have to give it to the middle section man I would say believe it or not Rubber Soul Revolver are like my favorites but you know here's something weird that you don't hear much people say but my third favorite Beatles album is Help Help is like oh, I, I love that great album. album great album you know I, that, that one I would put at number three I would put that above the white album I love Help it's just such a great fucking album I love it and uh it was right when they were about to transition, you know, where I feel like they totally changed during Rubber Soul. That's when they finally, you know, broke the shackles of, you know, uh, from me to you and, you know, all those love songs. It kind of went a little, you know, I think was, was uh, yeah, uh, uh, Rubber Soul. See, I have a problem with Rubber Soul and Revolver remembering which one's which. But uh, the one that had Eleanor... Well, you asked you ask me, and I'll tell you. The one that had Eleanor Rigby, that was Rubber Soul? Revolver. Okay, Norwegian Wood was Rubber Soul. Yeah, yes. Revolver is when they really, like, they even uh, went further on that one. Because that one has Tomorrow Never Knows. And, you know, yes. Great fucking album. Sgt. Pepper. I love Sgt. Pepper, though. Everybody considers it the best. I don't. But I, I think, don't either. I think that's a great album, though. 
I mean, take out right. that George Harrison song. I love it all. Getting better is another one. I'm like, eh, it's all right. It's getting better. I love that song. It's oh, all right. Song. It's all right. I can't hate it, but okay. it's, but you know, lovely Rita. Uh, Day in a Life is a masterpiece. Goddamn! Now I want to hear it for the benefit of Mr. Kite. I love that song. I love fixing a hole. That's a great song too, man. Uh, oh, when I'm 64. <laughs> You know, you know what people should listen to? Cheap Trick doing that. Holy! Have you heard Cheap Trick doing Sergeant Pepper? Yes. You know, um, Robin Zander doing "She's Leaving Home" gives me fucking goosebumps. Oh, and I hate that song. I hate that. Song. Oh, really? I love "She's Leaving Home." Yeah, yeah. See that that and "Within You Without You." I can't stand the rest. I think is a genius. Okay, that that "Within Without You" is the only thing I can do that. But and but you know what I love even that early Beatles stuff like please please me like I, my favorite one of my favorite Beatles songs of all time is this boy I love that goddamn song that's a good song my all time favorite Beatles song is uh, in my life off of Rubber Soul see I have a problem remembering what's it that is, it is Rubber Soul in my life yeah. yes oh yes that's, oh that's my uh, favorite all time favorite uh, Beatles song that song makes me cry. That's All-time all favorite Beatles song. But, yeah, all right, so now let's go into Pick of the Week, right? All right, Pick of the Week. You go first. My Pick of the Week, in honor of this, I'm, I'm going to keep it right here, is the first Paul McCartney solo on McCartney. It is amazing. Uh, the hit that everybody knows is Maybe I'm Amazed. But you know what? Maybe I'm Amazed is one of the most amazing songs of all fucking time. Oh, yeah. There's other great shit on there, like uh, uh, Every Night. Oh, my... Amazing instrumental is Mama Miss America. Everybody needs to go check it and just Google fucking Paul McCartney. Uh, Mama Miss America. Awesome song. Teddy Boy. Junk. Uh, Man, We Was Lonely. It's it's a really really good fucking album. Check out Paul McCartney, McCartney. Yes, I agree. It is an awesome album. But personally, my favorite is Ram from Paul McCartney. I love that one more. Really, really. Okay. As far as solo albums, I, I like so, I like uh, Band on right. the Run and Venus and Mars is my favorite. Oh, oh. Those, are, those are my favorite uh, post Paul albums. Band, Band on the Run is amazing. Mrs. Vanderbilt. Oh, I love that they, song. You know, he played that in 2010. It blew my mind. <laughs> Hell on Wheels. There's Hell on Wheels. Uh, Jet. Let Me Roll It. Yeah. Jet. I love Jet. All right. My pick of the week is not the Beatles or even, but it is Beatles related. No, it does not feature the Fab Four, but it features George Martin. He produced this album. Uh, Cheap Tricks All Shook Up is an amazing, amazing album. Um, I would put it up there with one of my favorite Cheap Trick albums. I mean, I have a hard time picking my favorite Cheap Trick album because the first five are pretty much equal. But All Shook Up is like, I love that album. And, you know, the they mentioned George Martin on it. And, uh, it just rocks. It's a great album. That's my pick of the week. Cheap Trick's All Shook Up. Uh, I'll tell you what. It does have one of my all-time favorite Cheap Trick songs. Of all time, and that is 
can't stop it, but I'm gonna try. I agree. Oh. That's that's probably oh, the best. Oh my that, god. That would be my favorite song off that album. That's a great song, yeah. Awesome song. Can't stop loving you, baby. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that is a great song. Alright. Uh alright, so my pick of the week is Paul McCartney. McCartney, his is cheap trick. Uh all shook up. I'll shook up. Now let's go into fan of the week. Which right. this is this is the only motherfucker I know of. This guy drinks more than me. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm scared he's gonna try to steal my title. Cause this guy's like, hey, it's Tuesday. It's fucking 130. Uh, it, it, it won't happen. He'll be dead way before you if he drinks more than you. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's a little bit older. He's this gonna is be Lee dead. He, he's gonna be dead before Ava Goda, bro. Uh, I don't know. Lee Gertzman? Holy shit, dude. You are a fucking alcoholic and you are a music lover. This guy spams. Have you seen all the posts this guy has put up? Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to shit like that, but I will pay attention next time. Oh my god, this guy is all over the fucking page. Uh, and he is a raging alcoholic, but he makes me smile. Uh, so, Lee Gertzman, you are the fan of the week. Now we gotta go into the shit. We gotta go into one every episode. Check us out on podbean.com. Go to iTunes. Uh, you know, please subscribe if you're on iTunes. There's also the the uh, YouTube page, which has been suspended for how long, Ralph? Six months. I think we're down to five months now. Right. Okay. Thanks, Terrence. Yeah, Terrence had a suspension for five months, but you can catch up on past episodes. And while I'm talking about past episodes, man, go check them out. If you just if you're a new fan of the show, I get so many questions. Hey, what's with this Terrence guy? You know, what's with this? What was that? Listen to all the past episodes, from the first one to the fucking last one. They're all fucking good. Yeah, I don't care if you like the. They're all fucking good. And we got plenty of fans that will attest to that. Uh, If you use an Android device, go on uh, Podcast Attic is a great one. And now if you have an iPhone, not only can you go on iTunes, but Podbean has its own app on the iPhone. Check it out in the iPhone store. Um, And, holy shit, what about thatmetalstation.com? Hell yeah. Oh, yes. We are on thatmetalstation.com twice a week, Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, if you don't live in an Eastern Time Zone, Google that shit. But check it out. Holy shit. We're so happy to be part of fucking thatmetalstation.com. I know that they have a fucking awesome contest going on right now. But if you want to win this huge bundle of fucking prizes, you have to go on that metalstation.com. Hashtag fucking Rock and Metal Combat podcast, I think. Hashtag uh, Rouse chewing on his fingernails. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad habit. Bad habit. There you go. Anyway. Uh, uh, we're so glad you turned in for this episode. Join us any way you can, multiple times a week. 
And next week, holy shit, just when you thought the show can't get any bigger, we have the Bee Gees, Barry Gibb here. Whoa, you mean the last surviving Bee Gees? The last surviving Bee Gees is going to be here when we talk about Chicago's 17th album, aptly named Chicago 17. I don't know that album. Next week, right here on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I think next week's going to be just you and Barry Solo. Bye. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All rights reserved, Dean Wadley. Any use of this show without express written permission, I will give Terrence Reardon your phone number. Bitch. <laughs> I love that.